Greetings, traveller. Come, join me. Sit within the circle of the fire. Rest your legs and let us talk about the solitary pagan path. This episode, we're going to be talking about Yggdrasil, the great world tree. A tree that has spanned many mythos and religions. We're going to be talking about sigil magic and sigil working and working decorations and sigil work into makeup. And finally, we're going to be talking about Thorizad, the hammer of Thor, the thunder god, or the thorn rune. So, if you're sitting comfortably, let us begin. So, let us talk about Yggdrasil. Let us read the myth of Yggdrasil. As ever, I'm reading this from Epic Tales, Norse Myths and Tales. It's a really good book, it's really beautiful, and as ever, I'll be leaving my own notes about it afterwards. Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil is the world ash, a tree that has been there for all time and will always be there. Its branches overhang all nine worlds and they are linked by the great tree. The roots of the Yggdrasil are tended by the Norns, three powerful sisters who are also called the Fates. The roots are nourished by three wells. One root reaches into Asgard, the domain of the gods, and feeds from the Well of the Weird, which is the name of the eldest Norn. The second root leads to Jotunheim, the land of the frost giants. The well at this end of the world is called Mimir, who was once a god. Only the head of Mimir survived the creation of the world, and it drinks daily from the well, and is kept alive by magic herbs which are scattered in it. Mimir represents great wisdom, and even Odin chose to visit him there, to find answers to the most profound questions that troubled his people. The third route winds its way to Filheim, and the well here is the scum-filled fountain of black water called Velgamir. Here the root of the tree is poisoned, gnawed upon, and from it rises the scent of death and dying. In Velgamir is a great winged dragon called Nahog, and he sits at the base of the root and inflicts damage that would cause another tree to wither away. And the magnificent tree stands as it has always stood, is the foundation of each world and a point of communication between all. The name Yggdrasil has many evil connotations and translated it means the steed of Ig or steed of Odin. There once was a time when Odin longed to know the secret of the runes, the symbols which became writing as we knew it. The understanding of runes was a cherished one and in order to acquire it a terrible sacrifice must be undergone by the learner. Odin had longed for many years to have that knowledge, and the day came when he was prepared to make his sacrifice. Odin was told that he must hang himself by the neck from the bow of the world ash, and he must remain there swinging in the frozen anarchy of the dark winds for nine days. The story has been told that Odin, the bravest of the gods, the father of all, screamed with such terror and pain that the gods held their hands to their ears for each of those nine wretched days. But Odin's strength of character carried him through the torturous ordeal, and so it was that he was at once the master of the magic runes, the only bearer of the secret along the length of the great tree. His knowledge was shared among his friends, and his wisdom became legendary. 
Odin was at the helm of the nine worlds, which stretched from Asgard in the topmost branches to the world of Hel down below at the lowest root. In between were the worlds of the Vanir, called Vanheim, Midgard, where the humans lived, as well as the worlds of the Light Elves, the Dark Elves, the Dwarves, the Frost and Hill Giants, and at last the Fire Giants of Muspel. The most magnificent and the world we hear the most about was Asgard, and it is here that our story begins. So, I'm going to give a few notes next. The first thing I notice is that there's kind of a bit of a conflict in this text, and I'm not sure which translation is right. I need to do some more research into this, and I will get back to you in the next episode. In the first paragraph, it says that one route reaches into Asgard, but it also says that Asgard is topmost in its branches. If someone can work out which way round that is, I'm very curious now because to me, whenever I see the charts of the worlds, the nine realms, Asgard's normally high up in Yggdrasil. Maybe it's just an aspect of magic that doesn't need to be explained. I have noticed that although they call Jotunheim the land of the frost giants, later on it becomes the land of the frost and hill giants. Again. But what to me is very interesting about Yggdrasil itself is this concept of a great world tree is kind of in many different religious cultures. And it always seems to act as this unifying force that forms this bridge between the worlds. There's a few creatures that should, I feel, have been mentioned. The squirrel that runs up and down the tree and causes mischief. The deer that graze around the base of the tree. And the eagle that, to be fair, the squirrel tends to torment as it runs up and down. They, maybe they're going to be mentioned later, but... They're kind of a big part of the world tree and how it works. And they give insight as to how the Norse people would have seen creatures like the squirrel. As ever, I've probably butchered a few pronunciations and I'm sorry about that. But still, I can understand why they would have used a tree. And why the tree of life is so prevalent. Because think about a tree as we know it great branches spreading into the sky and then you have the roots down below it very much is a living being that exists between the sky and air and earth it's like a joining piece for want of a better word and this is me just rambling because i've just realized that you have the great leaves and the branches that brush into the air and in autumn if it's a deciduous tree like the ash trees they fall to the ground but the tree is always grounded its roots go deep and it's anchored into the earth and it almost like it draws its power from the earth where it gets water nutrients and then air where it flexes itself as the wind blows around it but it gets its energy from the sun or fire through photosynthesis. And isn't that amazing? I'm sorry, I'm rambling a bit now, but that's all I can think of at the minute. How wonderfully amazing it is that 
it's such an all-encompassing element. The tree can stand for so much and I always relate the tree with growth. And that leads us into the next part. So, in this bit I want to talk a bit about one of the stories of research I've been doing and I think I touched about it briefly last week. And that's that I've been reading a book called Sigil Witchery. I'll be mentioning all these books on the website that I'm referencing from. And you'll find I'm a big reference to the book. And for those who don't know, I really enjoy doing makeup and I've been trying to work out a way of combining both. And I've been kind of experimenting a bit. And I think I've found my dream blend where there's aspects of sigil work. And then there's also aspects of makeup that blend it in so people don't realise. So, for example, I'm starting to use um, winged eyeliner made with eyeshadow because I'm really bad at putting eyeliner on with pencils. Don't come at me. But I use arrows or I'm sketching shapes and lines. And one of the biggest forces of energy that I've found is I actually made a tree of arrows. And not just one arrow, but multiple arrows. And multiple arrows sort of linking together to form the tree. I'm also loving the use of dashed lines ascending upwards on the underside of my eyes. There's, I'm trying to focus a lot on imbuing positivity. Um, I'm still exploring with this aspect, but already I can feel the difference. And I want to highlight that. That... And it, I found, worked this out through reading the book. But you can use makeup to create sigil work. And I've seen some amazing sigil work or makeup with sigil-like motifs in on TikTok, which is a place that I watch a lot. And it was that that made me think, hey, maybe I can do combine it and find my own thing. Um, I'm also starting to bring in runes back into it. Because for me, personally... As someone who sort of looks more towards the Norse pantheon, there are things that I'm more interested in. But another trick I'm doing, if I've got a particular sigil or mark that I want to obscure a bit, I'm doing it as an underlayer of makeup and then putting my main makeup over the top of that. Because then you have the best of both worlds. You have your sigil, you know it's there. But it's not visible if you want to keep it hidden from others. And so this is what I've been playing with. I've also been playing with bringing in essential oils. Again, for me, this is all about experimentation, exploration, finding what really works and what doesn't. And a lot of this for me is all about that. The next thing I want to start exploring with is incorporating sigils on my body when I'm going to work. Also, I'm sorry if you can hear licking. My dog has just decided that now is the time to choose chaos and start cleaning my feet. But what else have I been up to? Because I'm sort of currently using this as a bit of a recap as I haven't got much that I'm getting cranky about. As ever, I have noticed that the Republicans in America do seem to be going more and more down the white supremacist work and the Getting more open about it, I'm very concerned about what I saw of the CPAC stage. I think I've said it right. And this is me speaking as someone who's from the UK. I mean, that stage, with how the lighting was done and the cutouts were done, 
It looked a lot like Othala, but not the Othala rune as we know it. But the rune that the white supremacists use, that the Nazis use, that was used as a Nazi symbol for ages. And so I want to touch on that again. Please remember, if you see the Othala rune, and I'm going to be talking about Othala in a later episode... Um, sorry about that. I was just trying to stop my dog licking everything inside there. So I just had to pause while I was like, enough. But I will be talking about how I interpret Athala in a later episode. Because I don't interpret it the same as others, I'm sure. But it's a rune that shouldn't have been stolen in the first place. It's a rune that has had so many positive connotations. And now they're gone. They're stripped away and that winds me up. And it says something to me about white supremacists. And do you want to know what it says to me? That the lazy motherfuckers, pardon my French there, who cannot come up with an original idea, so they just steal shit. They steal shit because they think it looks cool. And they can go steal themselves out of existence as far as I'm concerned. Because they hurt people for no good reason, other than their own fear and insecurity. And as much as I feel sad for that, I can't feel sad for them. Because they're choosing that route. They're choosing the route of fear. The only people I feel sad for are those that are indoctrinated into it because that's all they know. Because they are children. They are innocent. And all they know is hate of their family. That the only people I can feel sad for. But moving on, let's move on into the next rune of the first eight of the fourth arc. I'll see you soon. We're actually coming up to one of my favourite runes, and it's not quite this one, though I do love this one. This one is Thurizad. The Hammer Thor. The Thunder God or the Thorn. But my favourite rune is actually in the next one. But we'll talk about the next one next week. This week, let's talk about the Thorn. Now, its design in itself, it actually reminds me a little bit of a bramble. I'm sure you, if you've not seen brambles, they have this long windy stem with really sharp barbed triangular thorns. Like, I don't mean barbed, they hook back. And I've been brambled many a time getting blackberries. But I'll say one thing. The pain is worth the reward. Now, whenever I draw this rune, it always gives me a lot of comfort. And I'm going to tell you why. Imagine, instead of the brambles being around you with their thorns and stopping you getting to their treasure, they're protecting the blackberries in the long run. Imagine instead you have a circle of brambles around you, and only you know the exit. You are protected within this circle of thorns. It also reminds me, with the reference to Thor, Thor's the one who gets very passionate about things. He's a passionate protector. He doesn't just protect Earth, he is passionate about it. He will overcome any challenge. He will face down hostility and bullies. He'll also 
deal a lot with the Jotun, and he's very much the Guardian. But these are all aspects this rune tells me. And so when I draw this rune in a cast, it always reminds me and makes me feel, okay, now is a good time to move towards your goals. Because now is a time that you are protected. You have that passion and you have a protector. You are safe. Nothing bad is going to happen to you. And you can challenge or, or even corrupt the status quo and turn it to your advantage. So I love seeing this rune in a cast. It is a very positive rune. And it reminds you that linked with... Sorry, I've now got the burps. Linked with Uruz, the one before. Those two together... They're powerful. It does have its downsides, however. If it comes in its blank side up or reverse setting, it can mean that maybe we're being a bit overprotective or we're hiding ourselves. We're protecting ourselves from perceived hurt when nothing is really there. It can also indicate that there's a lot of unresolved conflict. And for me, when it comes up, in a reading, no matter which way it comes up, it reminds me that if something's irritating us or there's injustice, deal with it as it comes and keep calm and firm. Don't allow bullies to not be challenged and don't let resentment fester because a festering resentment will cause us to generally do greater harm to ourselves. That's why I always get a lot. It's a reminder to protect yourself from the ill intent of others and to act before things get to the point where you're going to harm yourself. Likewise, like the Bramble, if you're on the inside of the protection ring of Bramble Thorns, you're great, you're fine. People are going to hurt a lot to get to you. You have that protection. But if you are on the outside because it's a reversed reading, Bramble thorns hurt. Thorns are generally there to protect something. And they can hurt a lot. And getting brambled hurts a lot. So it does carry with it the warning of be wary of spite. Because just like a bramble thorn hurts, spiteful actions hurt more. But that's everything for this week. And I hope you've enjoyed. I'm still experimenting. So let's move on to the close-up. Once again, I want to thank everyone for listening. We've already reached a milestone I never thought I'd reach, which is 50 plays. And I never in a million years thought I'd reach that. It's brought me so much joy to share my path and my musings. And I'm hoping it's helping everyone else. And I'm hoping it helps you listening to this podcast. If you want to reach out to me, do feel free to either drop me a message on Anchor or reach out to me via my email. I'm going to include that in the show description. I'm still working on getting show notes up every time I think I can sit down and do it. I get distracted. I'm sorry. I'm not the most perfect, but... 
we're working on it. It could just take me a little bit of time now that I've got a little bit of backlog. But understand I don't tend to work with an outline for these. I just sort of take myself where I feel I need to go. I'm someone who's quite intuitive. You can also drop me an email, as I've said. And I'd love it if you could actually leave a review on Apple. And any other areas that ask for a review. I don't know how to get these feedback yet. I'm still working on that aspect. But understand that the moment I can read your reviews and I work this out, I'm going to be greatly appreciative of every one of you who leaves these comments. And it also helps more people to find me. But for now, Traveller, I trust that you are refreshed and that your journey goes smoothly. I'll Maybe I'll see you next week under the boughs of the last oak tree in the circle of firelight that indicates safety. But until then, safe travels upon your path, wanderer. May you find the knowledge you seek in your life and the satisfaction and knowledge that you are valid, you are loved, and that there's always going to be someone there for you, even if you don't know it. Safe travels.